It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Welcome to this episode of Kennedy Saves the World. And uh, there's really only one way to save the world because every news story, every ad campaign, every politician makes you realize that right now we are kind of existing as the filling in a crap sandwich. And none of it's good. None of it is positive. It's it's all kind of uh, disheartening that that people are at odds with each other politically no one knows how to have fun anymore uh the the thought police are in full force on college campuses so i've talked about this a lot if you have uh, a kid who's thinking about going to college you know what is the world going to be like for them they're going to have any fun and so the reason i am revisiting with my next guest is because, number one, he's one of my favorite humans in the world. Number two, he is on the front lines of comedy and free speech in clubs, on campuses, and he knows that it is a very, very different time than it was in the 90s, but we always have to look back on the time that was as our baseline, and we we will never get back to the 90s, but we can get back to the joy. We can get back to the togetherness, the camaraderie, um, the the Mm -hmm. sense of mischief, without fear of having our entire lives canceled for saying the wrong thing 10 years ago. Bill Bellamy, welcome back to Kennedy Saves the World. Oh, my God. I love your intros. I need that in my life. Just when I wake up, that should be like my ringtone or something like, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So, Bill, when I talked to you at when we were in the middle of the pandemic and there were a lot of comics trying to uh, put out new material on Zoom and you're like, no, I I don't want to do that. I want to get back to the comedy clubs is it different when you go out and perform? How How is comedy now in a post-pandemic world? Are people so hungry for it that audiences are just amazing? Or are you scared for your life that Will Smith is going to run up on stage and smack you in the face? I know, right? I think the, there's nothing that can uh, compare to a live audience. It's just the interaction, the reactions of people's facial expressions and the laughter and the ups and the downs of the uh, of the laughter to me is what we do it for right we get our instant gratification good or bad if um you know the joke works if it doesn't so that was worth waiting for in my opinion because doing a zoom was a little hard with kids running through the background and stuff like that right so you got oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. did you see the did you see the clip of and it was one of my favorites because i was just happy it wasn't me uh, there was a Zoom right. <laughs> of, a, of a kid, and then his mom walked in just butt naked behind him. And they were oh like, my God, Charles, yes, turn off oh your camera. And his mom's like, oh my turn God. it. <laughs> mom's like, butt naked. Yeah, she's like, I, I haven't been good. clothed since the beginning of the pandemic. I don't have anyone to impress. I'm not on Zoom. I didn't know my kid right. was actually <laughs> signing up in the morning. Yeah, I mean, it it was getting back on stage in New York City was excellent. It was um, one of those feelings that is hard to describe. If you're not a New Yorker or if you never worked in New York, New York has its own energy and sort of vibe, right? 
Um, it's a very, uh, you know, sort of like electric city in a way where people from all over the world come there. It is the, the arts, it is comedy, it is music. And so to be back in that environment to me was amazing. But here's the thing. People want to laugh. Don't get it twisted. People want to still laugh and have a good time. Now people are in their feelings about everything. Like you said earlier, it seems like now everyone's like, going backwards on what we can laugh at. Is that too much? Is, oh my God, everything is, oh my God. <laughs> does it, does it affect how you write? Like, do you ever write stuff and you think about your friend Dave Chappelle and do you think, oh man, like, do I really want a mob coming after me? Do I really want this distraction of people hounding my children at school and my wife's friends yeah. going, did you see what they'll say? I saw it on Instagram. I saw it, Kristen. Yeah, I, I do that a lot. Like, I have a lot of funny ideas that I could say. But sometimes I'll be like, I should write this joke for another comedian because it fits his voice more than mine. Like, like my voice is is very, very unique in, in the comedy world where I am not literally trying to upset you. I'm trying to delight you. So it's it's going to be, even if I'm, I breached like a, a topic that, you know, oh my God, like I talked about the insurrection, but I talked about it in the funniest of ways. I, you know okay, but like, I, I love that. I love that so much because <laughs> the, the thing I loved about that, it it wasn't overtly political, which was great because, no. you know, the, the what happened on January 6th, people have really strong feelings either way. Right. And I don't, I don't share those feelings. Like I don't, I, I thought it was a pretty horrible thing that happened. Like, I remember watching that in horror. Like, I remember watching that the way I watched the L.A. riots in 1992. Like, I was, Absolutely. it was like watching something completely unravel and the boundaries of society were dissolving. And, and people were delighting in that. But I knew, like, the ramifications, as I was watching in that moment, the ramifications were going to be very bad and they were going to be political. But you found so much humor and joy in that moment, which is so funny because, you know, you're watching the same thing. And, you know, it's like I'm, I'm watching just a bunch of dipshits that, you know, yes, I believe that individuals should have the right to pretty much do everything they want and, and government should get out of the way, but you can't hurt people and you can't take their stuff. But there, there right, were people right, there right. who were like, no, we're going to, we're going to take this literally and we're going to take back the government. And so you're watching this and uh, you're seeing some pretty close. <laughs> and I'm people. seeing it. I'm seeing some funny stuff. Like, like I'm noticing just how silly people have bought into this thing of taking things, right? So I just found the, the most common silly thing that everyone saw and just made it funny as opposed to like picking a side. You know, I just found something, I found the humor in the silliness, right? And sometimes that's how you can bridge a gap because politics are tough, religion's tough, you know, um, sex is tough, you know, I mean, you can't be too hard either way. So, I, I I try to be strategic, you know, be like a, uh, a a marksman when it comes to comedy, because now, like you said, and if, it, if somebody films it, it goes viral. Now it, ugh, it could just it could be just a snippet of the joke. It doesn't even have to be the continuation where you get to the punchline and, and you could be up, up the creek. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, especially something like that, because that's the other thing is like 
yes, people want to laugh. And and I can only imagine how it felt for you going back to Caroline's, thinking about being an up and coming comic from New Jersey, you know, in New York, like working your ass off every night, night in and night out. I used to go around with um, David Tell uh, in like 1993 or 94, and he would do like four or five sets a night. And I would go to all the different sets and I was like, this guy is so brilliant and so funny, but my God, it was so much work. And so, you know, you're watching that and you come back and finally it's joyful. But at the same time, there are people who still, you know, they, they, they feel like it is their life's mission to expose someone who thinks the opposite of what they do. Because if it's the opposite, it must be bad. And, you know, they, they try and capitalize on that. And it has to be, you know, it's like I do a live show. Um, you know, a lot of the intros and stuff are scripted, but all of the, the Q&A and the back and forth with guests, that's not scripted. So it's like, you know, having right. to find the line between having fun in a moment and making some fun with someone or giving someone a compliment, but it doesn't matter without fail. Even if it's like a super joyous moment, someone will abstract that and try and, and ruin your life, which is what happened to Emily Ferguson. Uh, and and right. her husband Todd when they and those were right. the two people <laughs> and those were the names you gave people who were like you were like white people committing their first crimes act like you've been there before you know it's like right, you're storming like, the like, capital like, don't be so silly you're storming the capital and filming it on live TV that doesn't make sense like like you got to be smarter on your first crime right so like when i took that approach it just kind of alleviated all that stress that comes with that topic and just allows you to laugh at the silliness of some people you know yes and a woman holding up her her felt like it's emily ferguson instagram live <laughs> oh my god we're here we're storming the capitol here's my husband todd todd <laughs> And then, you know, Emily's like, oh, well, that was a fun Instagram moment. That's that's the end of it. And then she goes to uh, this is all in Bill's set. She goes to Costco and she's like, oh, ricotta cheese. I love ricotta cheese. Costco, you have the best samples. <gasps> rosé? Rosé all day. Of course I'll have some rosé. I'm shopping. <laughs> and, of course, Emily looks around and she sees all the police are there. And she's like, oh, God. Did something happen in Costco? Because, of course, Emily Ferguson doesn't think that anything's going to happen after she leaves the moment. Absolutely. And that's the and, and you 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 basically capture what I'm saying. It's like you 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 do something and you think it was just a moment of of, a, of an emotion that doesn't have any ramifications. Six months later, that's a federal crime and it's a real situation. Right. So, you know, I really take today's topics and I kind of dissect them and find ways to get in there and really bring out the humanity of people. And that's what comedy is. You know, um, I don't have to be always correct or perfect, but as long as I can get to the laugh, to me, I think that's the best part of it. We have more of this interview in moments coming up. So when, when you were coming up in comedy, you know, probably the same time that I was getting into broadcasting. Um, mm -hmm. Andrew Dice Clay was huge at the end of high school because, you know, he just had his filthy nursery rhymes that were, were so outrageous and unrepeatable. Huge. And your, parent, your parents would get so mad if they ever watched or ever caught you watching 
Andrew Dice Clay, and then, of course, Howard Stern, who was pushing the boundaries in every single realm. So people who were not as smart and not as nuanced and not as funny as those two, they were trying to mimic them. Um, can you imagine some of, like, the shock comics who were trying to mimic Andrew Dice Clay and Howard Stern? Could you imagine oh, if they tried no. to do that today? Today it would be a tough Today, it would be a tough road. I mean, Andrew Dice Clay was as irreverent as it, it could be. I mean, even Howard Stern is still him himself, but when he came out, he was really brash. So, um, wow, that's a great that's a great analogy because it, it would just be really difficult right now with the sensitivities that are out there if you could just go that hard. Like, I just saw something recently with Joe Rogan and, and people just went crazy. I mean, I was like, man, that's a lot. People just went crazy on, you know, and, and, and the guys are just saying their opinions about a topic. And sometimes, like you said, people just go go crazy and you know they want to boycott you and go to your school your kids school and boycott the school you know it's like crazy and then yeah and and people who are in charge they react to that and but i see i I think that's one of the biggest problems is you know there there aren't enough people standing up realizing that the loud mob is very small and you know sometimes you have to extend a little grace to someone so they can say either that happened a long time ago. That was taken out of context or that was really stupid and I wish I had never said that. Because that to me, that's a viable thing to say. Like you should be able to say, I said that in the moment. It was really dumb. I was trying to be shocking. I was trying to be funny. And sometimes when you do mm-hmm. that, things fall completely flat. But it was like I don't know if you saw the story. Though there was a weatherman, a local New York weatherman who got fired because he was doing uh, a webcam. Who among us, Bill? Seriously, who among us? And someone took screenshots of him naked and gave it to uh, management as TV station. They fired him. Oh, my God. He wasn't on the air naked. He probably was just on it. The, the, he was bottomless. <laughs> he was he was probably a kid. Like, he's probably just yeah, he being was probably a- like bottomless mimosas. Like, he was just like, oh, let me knock out this segment real quick. And I'm going to go get back in the pool. I don't want to put my pants on. That's probably what it was. Something simple. Uh-huh. And somebody saw a little something. And, okay, it's inappropriate. Oh, man. Yeah, maybe yep, it was a little something. That's the, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the problem, Bill. Maybe it was a little something. Maybe if it were a bigger something, maybe it was a little. You get a promotion. Right, it would have been better. Yeah, <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. Absolutely, yeah. But we got to go for the funny, Kennedy. Um, you you always have had a sense of humor, even when you talk about politics. You have a a a very witty personality, and I've always loved that about you. You know, and you know, back in the day, even some of the things that you would say when we were in, on MTV, if you said that now. Like, I will never forget when you and I were at the MTV Video Music Awards and we were there with uh, Rudy Giuliani. He was the mayor at the time. And you said something on the air that was so crazy. I thought we shut down MTV. I don't remember actually. Oh, no, it was it was so Roseanne, who was the host that year, um, said that she saw me backstage orally servicing Rush Limbaugh and. Uh, So when you and the mayor and I, uh, all of a sudden, you know, we were in the balcony 
and we were giving out yes. the the viewers choice award and we were soliciting people to call with a new mayor of New York City, right? He had, it was 1994. He hadn't even been in office for a year. Really wanted MTV to come back to New York. And so you and I are up there. It was it was the first year they let VJs be part of Video Music Awards and they let Bill and I uh, not only solicit that but present the award. And so it was it was a huge Absolutely. night for us. And so the crowd starts booing, and I don't know if they're booing me or booing Giuliani. So I freaked out. So I started orally servicing the microphone aggressively. <laughs> and I thought in the moment, like the audience, like I could hear gasps, and then I heard people laughing. And I was like, right. oh, I won them back over. Okay, well, this, and then I felt better about myself. I felt better about the night. And then you and I were walking out to present the award, and, uh, you, I, I, and this is what a good friend you are because you put your neck out and you probably got in trouble for this. So we were walking out <laughs> to hand out the award and I said, yeah. Bill, can you do me a favor? Can you please say to me before we read the copy, can you please say, do you have anything to say to Roseanne? And you said, yeah, totally. I'll do it. Even though like that was setting you up to get in trouble. That set me up to almost get fired because we walked out and you said, you paused and you said, Kennedy, do you have anything you'd like to say to Roseanne? And I said, right. yes, Bill. I said, Roseanne, I talked to Rush Limbaugh. He said, you give a much better blowjob. And I, so oh. I think like this is a great improv moment. Like here we are high-fiving. Sumner Redstone looked for me oh backstage so he could immediately fire me. Sumner Redstone and Tom Freston were so disgusted. And Andy Schoen, the entire night, Andy Schoen, who was my mentor and boss, who hired me at MTV, right. he spent the entire night trying to convince Tom Freston and Sumner Redstone not to fire me. And I'm yes. so lucky that he did it because it is so rare to have a human shield, to have someone who believes in you, Someone who knows yeah. you did something stupid, but also knows, like, even though in a moment of impulsivity or two moments in that case, you are still worthwhile to have on air. Yeah, I mean, so. and, and it was and it, it was just responding to something that someone said about you and you had your rebuttal. You know, we didn't know how far it would go. But like, look at now, like we would just be we would be bulldozed for something like that right now. Like just to even play around in that arena right now, we would get bulldozed. And so the nineties compared to now is completely different. I feel like we had a wider range of liberties. Um, now I think you just have to be cautious, you know, because we have social media and social media, people will remix and, and re-edit what you say and make it up. Yeah, you got to be careful. That's the truth. So what do you, this is my last question. How different would our experiences at MTV have been if we had social media? Because we didn't. There was no, there was, I mean, we were, we were there when people got their first email addresses. Like we had, we had CDs from AOL. We had dial-up modems. Like that was, that was as Absolute, good as it got. Oh yeah. That was as good as it got. It was no, no digital nothing. I think I think we would have been okay, but we would have had an incredible impact. I think as popular as I was on the network and yourself, we would have had like what they call gazillion uh, followers. Like, I mean, there'd be a number that doesn't even make sense that we would have because of where we were with music, uh, pop culture, hip hop, you know, politics, all of that encompassed that era. 
So I think we would have benefited tremendously from it, but we would have probably had to be a little careful because it would have just went everywhere. Oh my God. I can only imagine. (laughs) I can only imagine. I could only imagine you getting in trouble. Oh my God, no. Oh no, no, no. We yeah. can't do that. Rod, no, 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 Asa, no. Rod Asa used to get so mad at me and he'd be like, Princess, why did you say that? Why did you have to say that? I've been in three meetings today. Why did you say that? And now he's <laughs> now he's running like all of Universal. Um, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little Rod Asa now, he's doing the big thing and you're still killing it. I'm so proud of you. Oh, it's, uh, you've it's, always kept your voice and you kept your sense of humor. That That's that's everything. You are an authentic talent. It is so much fun talking to you. Um, I will I will check in in a few months and I will I will come see you in New York next time you're here. And uh, I will have the the loudest cheering section. I'll get Michael Bloom and Tim Healy and Ed Capuano. This, and we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll... let's get the crew back together. <laughs> Phil, you're the best. Thank you, my friend. You too, baby. Be good. <laughs> this has been Kennedy Saves the World. I'm Kennedy. For more podcasts from my friends at Fox, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Oh, go ahead and leave me a review while you're there. I'd love to hear what you have to say. You've been listening to Kennedy Saves the World on the Fox News Podcast Network. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity Podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.